Welcome to The Vine, a plant media project podcast with your hosts, Elizabeth Sheldon and Gina Vensel. The Vine is an insightful look into the world of plant medicine, exploring the changing landscape around cannabis and psychedelics, and ending the stigma through educational discussions. On today's episode, we welcome Dr. Lola Ohamba, the founder of WCI Health, an alternative health and wellness company with a focus on helping healthcare professionals, dispensaries, in the community. Dr. O helps patients understand the health benefits of plant medicine, including cannabis and psychedelics like psilocybin. WCI Health guides their clients on the best practice and products that are ideal for them to achieve optimal health. Dr. O is also the author of A Pharmacist's Guide to Cannabis, A Perspective of a Nonconformist Clinician. This book is a fantastic overview of the wellness benefits of cannabis and gives insights into the endocannabinoid system and terpenes in an easy-to-digest guide. I met Dr. O as a part of Chief Skills Tribe on Clubhouse, and I'm just so excited to welcome her here on The Vine. Welcome, Dr. O. Thank you, Gina and Elizabeth, for having me. Thank you guys so much for what you are doing for our community. I'm so, so honored to be here with you ladies. Welcome, Dr. O. Like I said, Gina speaks so highly of you. Um, We like to start off by asking our guests how they first got into plant medicine. So as a traditionally trained pharmacist, what led you down a nonconformist path? Yeah, it is a real non-conforming path, you know. I wouldn't say I got into uh, get, uh, into plant medicine per se. I would say more of uh, that is who I am. Uh, I was born in a western part of Africa in Nigeria, you know. Growing up as a little girl, I grew up knowing uh, about medicine. In fact, I remember in, in our community, there is hardly any uh, ailment that you can think of that the African culture don't have uh, herbal medicine or so some terms of uh, organic therapy to manage. So for me, growing up, we had mango tree at the back of my house. We had lemon, uh, lemongrass. So when we have malaria and uh, fever, parents would just go to the back of the house uh, cut the leaf, grab some of the bags, uh, and make it like a brew. It doesn't taste nice, you know, uh, but they give you, you drink it, and uh, before you know it, you are back outside playing like normal, you know. So that was my first uh, exposure to, to herbal medicine. So all my life, I've, uh, I've used uh, medicine. Uh, it's, it's just part of who I am. And so when you grew up, you said you grew up in Africa, then what, when did you move to the States? And when, you know, what is that? Did you go to school here? Yeah, I went to, uh, I've graduated from uh, Texas Southern University in Houston, Texas, with a major in biology and minor in chemistry, cum laude. (laughs) And uh, after that, uh, I went to uh, Union University School of Pharmacy, where I got my doctor of pharmacy degree in uh, PharmD. Yeah, I, I went to school, uh, yeah, I did earlier education, but most of my uh, higher education was here in the in United States. Of course, I've always wanted to uh, be a resource to help uh, average person out there. I always wanted to be in medicine, you know. So that's really part of what uh, led me into, into pharmacy. And uh, 
when it comes to uh, herbal medicine and my non-traditional, non-conforming pathway, of course, I'm just like an average uh, uh, clinicians out there. We just do what we are we needed to do, uh, and uh, that's just it. That's the beginning of me uh, getting into healthcare. But when it comes to uh, the plant medicine itself, uh, I've always practiced that, but uh, I step into it as a business uh, in about five years ago. And so, on. So, uh, when we talk about plant medicine, you work with both cannabis and psychedelics. What I do right now, because I live in Florida, we are not really allowed to practice one on one. I'm not seeing patients one on one but I do more of a consultation, one-on-one consultation. I do extensively uh, educational uh, masterclass type of education for healthcare professionals, dispensary, and other uh, average person uh, that wants to know more about herbal medicine. Bringing my knowledge of uh, herbal medicine generally and my clinical background to try to help navigate that space Apart from that, I also have uh, uh, my own brand, uh, Glow's Beauty is a line of cosmetics product, hemp-based hemp uh, product for, for, uh, for wellness. And so I have a hemp-based product, but I'm not uh, directly, when it comes to medicinal cannabis, I don't prescribe uh, that directly. Hopefully that will change. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We sure hope so. And I'm so glad that you talk about the importance of education because we know that, you know, it is so important, you know, for others to understand, you know, the endocannabinoid system. But correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not taught in medical school, correct? You are absolutely correct, Gina. That was never taught in med school, in farm school, in nursing school. It was never taught, you know. So those of us that are in this space, we have had to uh, dig deep, do research, clinical literature is like night and day. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense for us to have this amazing plant. And like I said, I grew up with plants. I trust my plants, you know. I've used it since I was a little girl. It's, they are botanical. They are, they are plants. It's not different from your uh, spinach or your, or your veggies. Yeah, the beautiful thing with cannabis, when we look at plants, uh, medicinal plants, specifically for medicine, like cannabis, is the fact that they do have the properties that you see in your traditional botanicals, but they have that extra punk, extra um that you add to uh to uh to nature which is the cannabinoid that we find as in the case of cannabis so do you think that you know so if a medical professional isn't taught this in school yet we know that cannabis was deemed essential in the united states during this pandemic more and more states are moving towards legalization you know is it really that the the medical professionals themselves will have to seek this extra knowledge or do you think that it'll move towards a time when this type of education will be included in traditional medicine. The this type of education is already being included. Uh, Washington uh, is already got a program uh, for for professionals. 
And for me personally, that's part of why I have put together a bunch of master classes. My cannabis as medicine master class. What that does is to help clinicians and uh, healthcare professionals and average person to understand the health benefits of cannabis. We talked about endocannabinoid system, topping, and some other ailments that we can use uh, uh, botanical like cannabis to help manage. And when we talk about healthcare professionals, medical professionals, healthcare professionals, they have been aware of the medicinal properties of, of plants like cannabis way back. This was one of the top 10 uh, medicinal house in the Asian uh, community. You know, back in the days, they used this plant as medicine. The doctor's offices compounded this uh, cannabis and sold it to their clients for various ailments. We even had Queen, Queen Victoria of England back then in the 1800s also used this plant medicine to help with uh, symptoms of uh, menstrual symptoms, you know. So we are, we know this plant is being used for generations so it's not that it's just that when it comes to the government we have to have that data which we've uh, we've we've really uh we've done uh, a lot of uh, step forward but we need more more studies to be done mm-hmm. so um you you talk about in your book the endocannabinoid system and you discuss the entourage effect. So when we hear this term, can you tell our listeners, what does that really mean? What is the endocannabinoid system and what is the entourage effect? Thank you, uh, Elizabeth, for that question. When it comes to, when we get to entourage effect, endocannabinoid system, I love discussing this topic. Why? Because, uh, see, the way our body has a system, we have the dopamine receptor in our body. We have the opioid receptor where our pain is uh, managed. When it comes to our body, it doesn't produce what it doesn't need. You cannot, if you don't need it, your body is not going to produce it. And one other thing I want to quickly mention is the fact that a lot of our pharmaceutics that we use right now originally were discovered from from plants. Say, for example, your aspirin. Aspirin was discovered from birch plant. Your opioid, like morphine, was discovered from poppy seed. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of our medicine that we are even using right now is from herbal medicine. And we never know about our endocannabinoid system until relatively uh, recent. And we have come to find out through literature, through studies, that the endocannabinoid system is what maintains balance in our body. When you talk about endocannabinoid system, it's the totality of our being. Think of your sleep, uh, your in any form, wellness, uh, reproduction, name it, uh, autoimmune uh, system, immunity is our endocannabinoid system that does that. And how does it work? We have this system. I call it, think of your lock and your key. You go into work, you put your lock in your key, you go. When you come back, what do you do? You take your key, you put it back in your lock, you open your door, ta-da, 
Ta-da! You are able to feel that cold hair. That's exactly what the way the body works. The endocannabinoid system is like a system that has a receptor. Where uh, on that receptor is where the cannabinoids are binds to. And like I said earlier, your body doesn't produce what it doesn't need. Have you ever even wondered how is plants uh, chemicals able to bind to the body, like CBD? Uh, uh, cannabinoid like CBD, they are plants. We are human. How are they? How are we able to use this? We are able to use these plant-based uh, uh, chemicals, this plant-based compound, because our body was already producing its own, its own, which is uh, anandamide and 2-AG. And when we talk about uh, the entourage effect. The entourage effect is what I call uh, one one of us can push, but two of us, we go far. You get what I'm saying? When you look at the synthetic uh, pharmaceutics, it's just one compound that is doing one thing. But when you look at the uh, plants, you have phenol, you have you have essential oil. So all these are combining together to work, and these are all the part of what I teach in, in my in my master classes. And that's the entourage effect when Absolutely. all of those things are working together. Yes, ma'am. In the system. Yeah, yes, you're correct. Yeah. There's a, more in your book too, Dr. O, where you talk about terpenes. And I love this conversation when we really dive into the plant because many people um, are still purchasing their cannabis solely based on the THC potency. And then we know that they can be missing out on a lot of the plant's full potential. So I wanted to see if you could speak a little bit to the importance of terpenes and maybe even give us a few examples of your favorites. I love terpenes so much. Terpenes are like just awesome. And when we talk about terpenes, that's the beautiful thing about topping. The beautiful thing about topping is that not just people, I mean, when now when we mention topping, some people can think, oh, it's, it has to do with cannabis. No. Topping is found in nature all over around us. The smell, the beautiful flower that you see around you when you hear that lavender, Lavender is, uh, the topping in your lavender is what we call linalol. Linalol is the topping that you see in your lavender. And these toppings, they are in all botanicals, plants. When we are talking about botanical, when we're talking, we are trying to bring, part of what we do, what I do, is take away the medical jargons. Trying to take away that medical jargons, bringing it to an average person's level. So when we talk about topping, is the uh, aroma, is that stuff, that, that smell that you smell around you, what is giving that smell is topping. So you have topping in your veggies, you have topping in your oranges, in your, in your lemon, in your flowers. And initially, we felt like topping was just there to, uh, just to help the plant to protect them from bad guys, 
<laughs> it often was supposed to be helping the plant to protect themselves from bad guys. And of course, human, we can be bad guys too, you know. <laughs> so yeah. recently, we have come to find out that they are not just there as a protection; they are also they also have medicinal properties. The toppings also have medicinal properties. So that's what we are now trying to harness. One of my absolute favorites of all time is what I call uh, beta cariofilin, BCP. Beta cariofilin, in my book, uh, I call it a nonconformist. <laughs> like me, I, every time I talk about beta cariofilin, it brings smiles to my face. It reminds me of myself because this is not just a topping. This is a, a topping that is also a, a can, cannabinoid. So it's a, it's, it has a, a, a properties of can, cannabinoid like CBD, and it also has the properties of a topping. I mean, who does that? <laughs> so it's magical. That? It is amazing. I mean, you, I can go on and on and on and on and on about BCP, beta-cariophyllene. We are not even finding out that this beta-cariophyllene even bind to the CB2 receptor more than CBD. Hmm. And we all know in my, of course, I mean, this whole thing is a whole masterclass. I cannot talk. We got to move on, you know. It's yeah, yeah. But these are all some of the stuff I talked about in, in my masterclass. So uh, that's one of my favorites. The other one that I love is uh, limonene. And part of, and that's where will you find your limonene? You will find your limonene in your citrus fruit, like your lemon, your orange. And part of the properties, medicinal properties that we see in limonene is that it helps with mood. It helps our mood. It can help us uh, to calm down and helps in our mood. It's a lot of toppings out there. We are even discovering a whole lot more. I, I know Gina already got his own, our own book. Some of the ones that I have discovered recently are not even in the book. And those are some of the ones that I am uh, going to be talking about in my membership, uh, Healthy Course Well membership series. We're discovering a lot of stuff every day. <laughs> ladies. Yeah, that's great. And you know what? With your book, though, I love that when you said, you know, trying to take some of the medical jargon out and being able to speak directly to, you know, everyday people that are interested in how to take care of their health and wellness. And I really appreciate that about your book because sometimes these medical books, I get nervous. Like, I mean, is it going to be way over my head? And you really kind of took the information and was able to really like hone in down. Here are the terpenes. Here's what they mean. And then for those of you that want that master class, Dr. O teaches those as well. So you can dive in a little bit deeper. Yeah. See, you know, uh, a lot of us, a lot of folks out there did not, they, they didn't want to deal with chemistry. They didn't want to deal with science. That's why they did not go to med school. <laughs> You get what I'm saying? Some of us still have to do other things. And even for those of us that went that route, it's, it's very challenging. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes I take some books and I'm like, you know what? I can't even deal. I'm going to come back to it later. And you will never come back to it. <laughs> so that book is like a 50 page, just as little as it is. Is packed with the what you need. Nobody needs encyclopedia. I mean, we can write encyclopedia, but you want something that uh, average mom, average dad, average uh, people, young man, Tina and I, 
general yeah. <laughs> folks, you know, can just read and understand and be able to go to their dispensary or wherever they buy their medicine and say, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, a question on, so uh, the beta caffeine, um, is it better if you can, if you ingest it, if you vape it, if you, um, does it matter? Is it just getting it into the system? The, when you call, talk about barrier caryophyllin, it's a topping. You'll find it together with the cannabinoid. So it depends on whatever strain that you are going to, to go and get. So anyhow you consume your, your medicine, for those that have uh, uh, medicinal uh, laws in their, in their state, even for those that don't have medicinal laws in their state, they can see you stopping because stopping is not a control anything. You find it in every, everyday life. Like BCP, barrier carrier of BCP, is the main in, uh, topping that you see in black pepper. Okay. Okay. Uh, so when we are talking about topping, we are not just talking about uh, cannabis or cannabinoid. If we are talking about your orange. We are talking about your black pepper. So anyhow, you you can use it when you are when you are using your black pepper to season your food. Indirectly, you don't know you you have your your BCP right there. So that That's is great. that is how that that works. So anyhow, you consume your medicine or if you if you are not into that uh medicinal cannabis yet you can still uh consume your topping in every way and like i said it has medicinal properties so on your website you mentioned that you support psychedelics as well as cannabis uh, for medical use. And we just were wondering uh, your thoughts about the benefits of psychedelics and, and how that's playing out in modern medicine. I mean, just like cannabis, psychedelic is been around for many generations. The Amazonians, the ancestral, they've used this medicine for all kind of uh, wellness in their community. It's just when we bring in all this restriction, we just limit people. You get what I'm saying? We limit people. I am support of uh, uh, psychedelics. Why? I am a science-oriented uh, person. I know people say, oh, is this? Yeah, it, it's, it's not magic. There is an active ingredient in all this plant. And one that we have found out with, with psychedelics, what they use, the way they work is they use a lot of them use this what we call select uh, serotonin pathway. What that means, serotonin pathway, just like our opioid use opioid receptor and cannabis use the endocannabinoid uh, receptor. The serotonin pathway that is the the way psychedelic most of the we call it classic psychedelics like the uh, mdma the psilocybin that is the way those work and the beautiful thing about psychedelic is that even when we talk about serotonin pathway that is the pathway that most of our antidepressant our depression medicine traditional uh, conventional medicine works like your sertraline zoloft they work by serotonin receptor. And this same serotonin receptor 
is what the psychedelics are using to exert their properties. In fact, from literature, we have found out that even the uh, antidepressant, the SSRIs is the common one. The SSRI like your Prozac, uh, fluoxetine, these were discovered as a result of understanding how psychedelics works. It's like the big pharma copying nature. <laughs> Who knew that, you know? So I, be, I really believe uh, there's a potential, there's a lot of opportunity to tap into, into psychedelic for wellness and with not the same side effects compared to what we see in traditional pharmaceuticals. Does that mean it's for everybody? It is not for everybody. And I want to quickly also mention that this podcast that we are on right now, I should have said that earlier, but I'm going to say it regardless. It's for educational purposes and should not be taken as medical advice. Everybody listening should consult with their clinicians. Uh, do not start or stop any of your medicine without talking to your doctor about it. So psychedelics are... Uh, we have a lot of potential. In fact, just this week, the first uh, phase three trial for uh, M for MDMA uh, uh, assisted uh, therapy for uh, post traumatic stress dis uh, disorder, the literature, the article was just published just this week about using uh, MDMA uh, for post-traumatic stress disorder. We are making a stride. We are we're gonna get there, you know. And like I said, this uh, plant, the side effect is not, you don't compare to the traditional pharmaceuticals, it's, it's crazy. 30% of the people that are currently on antidepressants, they don't even respond to traditional antidepressants. 30% mm -hmm. of, of the population that are using can you even think about that that means 30 percent of our folks that are not even getting relief something needs to be done and i really want to commend the folks at our maps that the the great work they are doing over there i mean phase three uh clinic when you talk about clinical trials phase three trial that is like the yardstick so for us to be able to get a phase three trial, do you know what that would do if that particular uh, process is uh, approved, especially for our men and women in the military that have been exposed to continuous, never-ending war, or folks that have been ex exposed to all kind of trauma, like uh, sexual abuse trauma, all kind of trauma generally. Because part of what's going on with uh, PTSD is the inability of people that are suffering from this condition to forget. Oh. You know, it's like your brain is continuously working, they can't forget. So do you know what it would do for us to have a remedy that will have less side effect compared to what we are currently doing. And this is a really good, when I saw that article this week, I was really, this is the first place I'm discussing this, uh, <laughs> talking about it. 
that yeah, I saw first front cover New York Times. I mean, we're you know this psychedelics are definitely in people's minds, and you know it's definitely a topic that's been happening. I was uh, sitting on a Clubhouse chat this past week um, that Michael James um, from our tribe was hosting, where he was actually had Senator Weiner from California on, and they were talking about their bill to decriminalize psychedelics in the entire state of California. So I, I feel that you know so much of what you're explaining is, you know, we have, you know, traditional science has copied nature, but the policy surrounding all of this is still holding us back from doing the research necessary that that needs to be done and getting access to these plant medicines that people to people that need them. So I wanted to just get your thoughts around kind of like the where policy kind of stands around these plant medicines and, you know, where you feel as this moves forward, if you could somehow maybe how this may affect your practice, are you going to try to maybe incorporate some of this into your practice even more? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think it was last 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 month, I went uh, and appeared before the Congress, the California Congress on the SB 519 uh, law. And I, I was I was really uh, uh, Commissioner Henley, you probably have run into him on, on Clubhouse. He invited me to speak before the Congress on uh, cannabis and psychedelics. Uh, the, the benefit of it so that we can be, begin to talk about how we can help our military men and women. And I was very honored to appear before that panel. And I, I see the way they responded very well to, to the, the, they were very receptive of what I've got to say about this. I think uh, we are on the right track. I mean, for us to even have a free street trial, that is huge. That that is absolutely huge. We are on the right uh, on the right track, and I, I hopefully uh, eventually they will the power that be will listen to us and realize that this has uh, active ingredients in it. And like I said, other medicine have been derived from plant. So I think we are on the right track. And for me, as a business, I'm looking forward to that day where I can be able to have those products on my shelf. Because right now, hemp, hemp is good. Hemp oil, uh, C- hemp CBD is good. But it's just like you buying over-the-counter medication. You know, there's very uh, there's a limit to what over-the-counter medication would do. When you get to a stage, you have to get a prescription. So I'm hoping that even when it comes to psychedelics, I will at least have an equivalent of over-the-counter psychedelics that we can use, we can sell to people, and we can educate them. But right now, what I'm focusing is bring that knowledge. It's gonna, we're going to need it because, uh, ladies, the, 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 the uh, stigmatization of this plant is over 50 years. We can't just wake up one day and tell average person, oh, this is medicine, take it. But I think a lot of people, everybody, most people that I'm coming in contact with, every opportunity I have to talk to them, they are receptive towards education is going to be key. And I want to say thank you to you ladies. What you are doing in this space is huge. This is amazing. This is, this is game changer. You know, Thank and you. I'm very grateful to to for what you guys are doing, uh, Gina and Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you. And you have a podcast too. Let's talk about plant medicine. So, 
tell us a little bit about that. Do you have a favorite episode? Did you, you know, cover something recently that was of particular interest? Yeah, let's talk about plant medicine. Uh, I started that as a, it was as a, one of my ways to bring education, to bring awareness, to bring knowledge. And one of the way, reason why I came out publicly to start talking about cannabis psychedelics was after the passage of that farm bill in 2018, you see uh, cannabis, uh, CBD everywhere in the in the gas station. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. If we are saying this is medicine, we have to treat it as such. You're not going to go to the pharmacy and grab a bottle of Tylenol and just gulp it down. So that was part of why I came out to try to start this education. So the podcast was my first initiative to bring that knowledge. The recent episode that we had done, I don't know whether Gina was in the clubhouse. I, I do have a, a, a clubhouse uh, room that I host, Cannabis Psychedelic Club. We did a, a route of cannabis route of administration smoking v uh vaping we did that episode i love that episode then we also have the episode on uh, infused edibles how does infused edible works how does it is it broken down in your body is it do you have effects from it immediately comparing needs who are the people that can use it is it for everybody things like that what condition do we need to have in mind so I love I but all of them are really from uh you can learn a whole lot from the podcast. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. And we want to make sure that all of our listeners know how they can learn more about your business, find you, connect you, take your master classes. So how can how can we find you, Dr. O? Yes, uh, the first place to find me uh is on my website, WCI-health dot com wci-health.com i'm very active on all the socials especially right now uh clubhouse is where it's happening uh cannabis psychedelic club uh and i'm cannabis doctor on clubhouse and of course uh i'm on uh ig as wci health 19 if you are following Gina, and I know Elizabeth will definitely probably following me now. If you are following <laughs> Gina, she will lace you to me, especially if you are in club, especially now that we have the Android folks. So yes. follow Gina, follow Elizabeth, and you will find Dr. O. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so, so much, Dr. O, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure getting to speak with you. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Elizabeth. I appreciate you ladies so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Vine, a Plant Media Project podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast to never miss an episode. For cannabis and psychedelic news, visit us online at plantmediaproject.com.